Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Whether you are a member of our church family, either in person or online, or just checking us out for the first time, we believe that you belong here at New Hope Church, and we hope that this message speaks to you today. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv, and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. All right, church, how we doing? Y'all doing good today? So glad to be here. Uh, I want to welcome all of our campuses, 288 Friendswood, Alvin and Webster, and all of our friends joining us online at the iCampus. I hope you guys have a good Easter. Did y'all have a good Easter? If you came to church here, man, Pastor Tim brought the word. Amen. It was good. Uh, the idea that we are restored and brought to new life. Uh, so good. And thinking about Easter across the, not just our, our campuses, but man, across the world, that Millions of people like centering themselves and gathering themselves on this one idea that because the tomb is empty, we have hope. That because God himself has risen from the grave, that we get to celebrate together. That we can have confidence that even though there is death, man, that with Jesus, death is not final. Amen? And that's the truth as a church and uh, as Christians that we get to believe and celebrate that, that man, death is not final. And that's what I want to hone in on today is this word final. Um, and not, not all the time, but, but to me, a lot of the times when I hear the word final, I, I can't help but think of and associate the word with failure. And when something comes to its end, that it is a result of failure, that it's over, that it's done, and it's a company's last moments or a marriage's last days, that when something is final, it's a result of failure. And then you give the devil some time, and it's not just a failure, but now it starts to feel like a failure too. Um, and I was thinking about it. Go back a couple years. Um, long, it's a long work week, but you don't, you don't have to wonder what you're going to do. After, it's Friday night, and, um, but then, you know, all was right in the world, and then it, and then it wasn't. Y'all remember when this happened? It's tragic, tragic day. Life isn't life isn't fair, is it? This is for all my uh, it's for all my millennials out there. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Boom. Y'all remember this? Who spent some cash here? Parents, y'all dropped some money on this one right here. Y'all were keeping them afloat for a while. Um, so this is a great great day when you were seven, right? Like pinnacle moment of your life. Things things are going good at Toys R Us and at Blockbuster until they're not. And then somewhere along the line, no matter how good of a start they had, eventually, company fails. Yes, Blockbuster. Yes, Toys R Us. What about us? What about us when we fail? What about when we've got to deal with that gut-wrenching thing that we messed up? Think about it for a second. Think about Think about areas like these. I can look at this list for like 0.3 seconds and I've got a list and uh, a long, long list, man, of things that I haven't done right. Areas of my marriage that I, that I haven't been perfect at. Maybe because of the way I didn't handle my finances right, maybe you can't be generous. Maybe there's days where we're, we don't watch what we say and we say something wrong or we say something without love. Maybe there's something wrong and you've missed a step with parenting or there's a season or a day or a moment or an isolated time that something didn't go right with uh, the way that you parent. And because the devil is real, you, you misstep and then what happens is, is like we get what I'm gonna call like a self-imposed ceiling. Like 
It's, it's one thing to mess up, but then what we do is we put a cap on ourselves spiritually. You've got a failure in some of the day-to-day stuff that we do, and then, and then we start taking ourselves out of the game. And so what happens is, is you and me mess up at marriage, and we stop leading in our marriage. We mess up raising our kids, and now all of a sudden, I don't see myself as the primary disciple maker in my home raising up my kids in the ways of the Lord. You mess up at work and, and you misstep and, and now, you know, maybe your coworkers, maybe you think start to see you a little bit differently. And so instead of you think, man, I'm going I'm to witness to this guy or I'm going to um, pray for this person. Then you start kind of getting in your head. Well, I can't do that because I've failed. And so you, go, you start going through all these things that you used to lead out in, in your life and you fail at them. And we take ourselves out of the game all because of that one thing all because of failure. And so what I want to do, I want to turn here today, I want to look, where, where in the word do we see these? And then what do we, what do, we do about it? And so I, even just a couple of examples, you think about Abraham. Dude was literally disobedient to God's plan for his life. God redeemed it and still let him become the father of many nations. You could go Moses. Guy was literally a murderer. God redeemed it. He was able to lead his people out of slavery and toward the promised land. Go, go David. God was wrapped up in an affair. At the end of his life, we can still regard him as a man after God's own heart. Go Paul. Guy was a persecutor and murderer of Christians. Gets transformed. God redeems it. Writes most of the New Testament becomes like the, one of the fathers of the early church, moving, moving the church forward in the, in the book of Acts. And then you've got this rowdy crowd here, all of us, right? And you start thinking about your own life. And you're like, man, if I could shoot you straight, like if, if failure were final, I don't get to be here with you. If, if failure were final, a lot of the ministry that you get to be involved in day in and day out, it would never happen. But look at this list. These, the, this is a list entirely made up of people with huge failures that God still had a huge future for. Amen? This is a list of people that failed greatly in their life, but that God still had written in plans to use them in a great way. And I'm keeping our name on the list here that you and I, certainly, we failed God. But certainly God still plans to use us. And that's good news for us in the church is that even in, in spite of my failures that God can still use me and this list and all of that truth leads me to this and I can say that with confidence is that with Jesus, and this is critical, with Jesus, failure is not what? It's not final. And that's the truth for church, man, is that we get to celebrate and live in that, is that when stories sometimes feel like they're gonna end, not with Jesus, when you feel like your story is over, when you feel like you're not good enough, when you feel like your insecurities and inabilities and insufficiencies add up to be in a place where you can't do what God is calling you to do, all through this redeeming narrative, God is reminding us, Colin, I'm not done with you yet. Colin, my, my, my story, you, you might think that your story is done, but Colin, my story for you, it's, it's not done. It wasn't over for Abraham. Y'all know, it wasn't over for Moses. It wasn't over for for David. It wasn't over for Paul. And it's not over for you either. 
It's not over for you today. And it's not over for our, our guy today that we're going to be studying. His name is Simon Peter. My guy's normal. He's like us today. I think when we see a guy like this, we, we study his character. He's, he's normal. We read about him in Acts when he's getting grilled. All, what they noticed about him is that he was an, a very normal, uneducated fisherman, sees, get degrees kind of guy, nothing book smart about him, but he's walking daily with Christ. That's what separates him. We know that he's a disciple. We know that he walked on water, but then he didn't. He sank. He's like us. He's got doubts. He's figuring it out. He's in the inner circle of Jesus. Not only is he a disciple, but he's gained a certain amount of trust. But then he gets that trust and then he jumps in. He cuts off a dude's ear. He's brash. He sometimes shows his temper. He's quick sometimes. He's, he's normal. And I think I'm so thankful that the Lord uses people like that in his word that, so that when we read it, I can connect and identify and see not just that he is a failure, but also how God weaves all that together like we read about in Romans for his good. And so today what we're gonna be doing is this is a timeline of kind of where we're gonna be marching together. Kind of the, the three years that Jesus walked the earth, that he did ministry, miracles, healings, walking around, ministering, then, uh, this is, it, it timed out perfectly, and that's just the Lord, is right before Easter, do y'all remember the last series we had? It was called Last, do y'all remember? Last Thursday. And they were having the Last Supper, and that's where we're actually going to start today, and then we'll march through uh, the timeline. So today, Jesus is around the table with his disciples. They would have just shared communion together, but Jesus is, he knows what's coming. So he's about to put a shift in the conversation. And so today, all the way up until the very end, uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 26. And so I want to turn there now uh, for our first verse. It says this, then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. Just having communion now, you're going you're gonna to leave me. For it's written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. It's kind of jarring, right? Like you can imagine it just like you're at dinner and Jesus just takes the air out, right out of the room. We go from having communion together, breaking bread to somebody's about to fail me. Another one of you is going to deny me. Another one of you is going to betray me. You guys are going to fall away from me. He's talking to the same people that have followed him day in and day out for three years. Same people that are about to fall away from him. But Simon Peter doesn't like what he said. And so Simon Peter jumps in the game and gets into the conversation. This is what he says. Peter replied, even if everybody leaves you, even if all fall away on account of you, I what, church? I ain't gonna. I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Jumps in again. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. You can feel the confidence from Simon Peter. He's, he's saying, Jesus, I'm all in, right? Everybody else can bail, but I'm never going to. Even if I've got to die with you, I'm never going to leave your side. It's a, it's a strong start. Peter comes out of the gate and he's conveying nothing but assurance, nothing but confidence, but come on. I mean, I'm certain that we got some people in church today and you know that sometimes a strong, a strong start can be misleading. Think about it, I, I, you've experienced it. Think about that, that diet you tried once, right? Think about it. First week, incredible. You ate water, air, and grass. Weight's <laughs> it's falling off of you. And then you made this mistake and everybody does it. We, 
You, you went to the, gro the grocery store hungry. Y'all ever done that before? And you don't know how, but somehow, some way, little Debbie snuck her way on into the cart there, you know? You don't know, you don't know how. The strong start. We mean well. This is Peter. I'm, I'm all in. Then dinner wraps up. They finish communion. You're going to leave me. I'm never going to leave you. Dinner wraps up and he knows what's next. He knows that the garden's coming. He just says, hey, would you just come be with me? Would you just, I, I, know, I know that the most agonizing moment of my life is ahead. Would you, just come, would you just come pray? Would you just come pray for me? In another account, not the one that we're in today, it actually says that Jesus is in so much anguish that he is sweating drops of blood. He just, he just, needs, he just needs his team with him. And the, the strong start, this is where like, you can kind of start to see ourselves here. The strong start of Simon Peter very, very quickly turns into a stumble. It says this, then he returned to his disciples and found them what? I'm never going to leave you. C couldn't, couldn't you men just keep watch with me for, for just one, just one hour? Watch and pray so you won't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> right here, we are, we are one meal away from a till death commitment from Simon Peter. We are one meal away. And the, guy, the guy's passed out asleep. To leaving leaving his, his teacher, his rabbi, his savior, his Lord, to deal with the anticipation of his death all alone. He doesn't, he doesn't even just do it one time. You know how many times he does it? Three times. Three times he falls asleep to his own promise. And what I wanna do is I wanna trim this down. I wanna, I wanna focus on, on what Jesus said here. He says this, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I was thinking, when I, was, when I was preparing for this sermon. First of all, man, this is the truth. This is so true. But I wanna ask you guys, at all of our campuses today, right here at 288, how many times, how many times have you been sitting in, in, in your section, you've been at church, you've been at service, you've been at the service that you go to and the, and the seat that you sit in and pastors are doing their thing and the Holy Spirit's doing its thing and God's working on your heart and you've been, you've been at church and the Holy Spirit's starting to give you kind of some healthy conviction and you start to think about some of the things in your marriage that you can change. You start to think, these are some of the rhythms that I'm gonna get in in my life. You start to maybe finally come around like, I'm, I'm not gonna be coming to this church anymore and just consuming, but I'm gonna jump in the game. I'm gonna start serving too, or maybe I'm gonna give, or maybe I'm finally gonna join that life group. I'm gonna fix this. I'm a, we're gonna start reading the Bible together. So you start putting the pieces together in your life here, and the Holy Spirit's doing his thing. But by the, by the time we put the car in the driveway at the house, we're spiritually back to sleep again. And, and you start, man, we draw an incredible start out for ourselves. But then we're a little bit like Simon Peter and just hours later, spiritually asleep. Our spirit is willing, but man, our flesh is weak. But praise Jesus. But praise Jesus that even when I fail, y'all know what? It's not final. That even when I mess up and even when I stumble and even when I fall asleep and even when I have good intentions, I know that when I get home, that I know that, that, I know that I'm not done. 
And so we wake up and quite literally Jesus, he wakes up his disciples for the third time. He wakes them up again. He says, hey, my time has come. We have to go. And so today we together go back to our timeline. We've had his earthly ministry. We've had communion. I'm never going to leave you. Yes, you are. We've gone to the garden. We've fallen asleep not once, not twice, but three times. And now we're going to Jesus's trial. He's been arrested. We know that he's been betrayed by his disciple Judas. He's arrested by Rome and the Jews. He's taken to the Sanhedrin was uh, today's purposes. We just know that that's where the Jews would have turned for counsel to condemn, arrest, and ultimately kill Jesus. And Jesus is facing in this moment his trial. And so I want to turn our attention there, but specifically to what Simon Peter is doing. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. And this is what I want us to get. But Peter followed him at a distance. A distance already? How can there, how can there, this is, this is Simon Peter. This is, this is Peter with the strong star, nothing but confidence. That, that a few hours earlier says, I am never going to fall away. There's never going to be distance between me and you, Jesus. We don't find him close when we find him next. We find him at a distance. We've got to notice something about, and, and so we have the, like the blessing of hindsight. Simon Peter, he doesn't know it yet, but the position that he's put himself in, the position of distance it leaves, him, it leaves him vulnerable. And we got to know this as a church, that any time I let some distance, even if it's just a little bit, any time I leave a little bit of distance between me and Jesus, i got to know that the enemy is going to capitalize. We know that, right? Any time I, I leave a distance between me and the one that is good for me and only one's good for me, if I leave distance in between me and him, the one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy me, you know what he's going to do? He's going to compromise it. He's going to capitalize on it. And the reason that I bring all this to say is I really believe this, is distance is dangerous, for Christians, distance is dangerous. When I allow, when I make the choice and the decision to allow distance, and I use the word allow very intentionally here, when I allow distance between me and Jesus, I gotta know, I gotta know that I'm putting myself in a, in a dangerous and compromisable situation. It makes, you, it makes it hard. How are you gonna hit your spiritual goal when I'm allowing distance in between me and him? It makes it hard to hit a goal. It makes us vulnerable. And this is um, for Peter. This is a moment of poor judgment, poor decision-making um, on, on his part. And, and we've done it, and I've done it. And I, recently, against all of my flesh, if you've heard me preach before, if I've got the honor to be with you, you know that I despise running. And I, I went and I did it again. I don't know why. I did, the, I did the Houston Half Marathon with me, my wife, a couple friends. My wife did it pregnant because she's better than I am. Um, she <laughs> crushed it. Um, the thing about these races is if you're fast, it makes you feel good about yourself. So they split everybody up by how fast you are or how slow you are. And five minute mile, six minute mile, they put you in like these corral things. And so, they're, you know, they're splitting us all up, all the fast people at the front. And then like three days later, I'm at way, way at the back. And they don't even put like a pace on mine. It just says, if you want your finisher medal, line up here. You'll, you'll get there eventually. And they put us all there in the back. And so, you know, we start the race. Uh, um, and to be honest with you, right, it's, it, um, 
it goes good. I'm kind of exposing myself here. I'm literally like at the back, thousands of people in front of me. I'm not making that up. That's a real thing. I'm not, not making this story up here, folks. This is real. I'm really that slow. And so we go, we go all the way to the back. We start. It goes great. First, first couple of miles are awesome. Little, De- little Debbie's not misbehaving, no cramps. You know, you got a carbo load for these things, right? And we, uh, we hang with our pacer. Our guy, he's holding a sign, no problems. And then what I notice is like, as you get later into the race, it gets harder to hang with the pacer. And cause they're, they're doing this like out of courtesy to us, this guy, he can run like a five minute mile and he's just out there playing around with us in the back, right? He's hanging out and, but I'm, I'm hanging with him, but it eventually gets harder and harder and harder to keep up in a little bit of distance between him and I. And you can't even hear this guy. He's like a luxury car, you know, just purring right along. And I sound like a generator, like trying to catch him behind him, you know, breathing in and out. And, you know, some distance starts to happen. This is, um, this is me, it's Pastor Cade. He's at Webster campus, it's Pastor Cole. He's right here at, uh, with me serving at 288. I don't know who this person is, but they're fired up, man. They're, uh, <laughs> they're, re- they're ready to go. I'm just smiling through the pain over here. There's a little distance at first. He's... The pacer's just a few steps away. We're good. What started as a little bit of distance by the end of the race, couldn't even see the guy. But I hope you see where we're getting at today. What was a little bit, I couldn't even recognize. I was in a completely different place than where I finished at. And that's because, well, we've said it before, but that's because when we allow distance, we gotta know we gotta know that it's, that it's gonna impact us. And, and I hope I'm preaching good enough to do it. Today's sermon isn't about marathons, right? But I hope, but I hope we're getting it is the idea is like, but it very, it very likely today could be about your marriage. That from the outside looking in, your marriage is okay. But you know that there's some distance there. You maybe have just been going through the motions Maybe it's about your friends, that you've got good friends, but you, you know in your heart that they do not help you in any way pursue Jesus. Maybe it's about your job, that this used to be the way that you witnessed, that you were a light in a dark place and you used your job as a way to tell about who you worshiped. And with a little bit of distance, your job became what you worshiped and more money, and more authority, and more promotions. You got good kids. But maybe having good kids became more important to you than having godly kids that loved and know and follow and read about and are disciplined in the ways of the Lord. You looked up as a family one time and you, you realized that somehow, some way, a little bit of distance crept into your calendar and you were at more travel ball tournaments or recitals or things out of town than you were at church. Maybe today it's about your spiritual life that in every area of your life you have no problem setting goals. 401K is good, LinkedIn profile is good, boss likes you, got a good house but you haven't set a spiritual goal in years. I wanna memorize this, I wanna read this, I wanna go through this book, I wanna join a life group. Bible's on the same spot, dusty spot on the shelf. If we're we're not careful, 
which starts as what we might identify as an appropriate or an acceptable amount of distance can very, very quickly become an all-out drift. And that's what our dude Simon Peter is up against today. And you'll, we'll, we'll find him at the trial. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard. Jesus is at his trial. A servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he what? But he denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the, to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth, but he what? But he denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you're one of them. Your, your accident gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Three times. Where did our, where did our fearless Peter go? The one, the one who is never going to be swayed by public opinion. Man, that the situation didn't matter. Even if everybody else leaves, I'm with you. The all-in Peter, the never-to-deny Simon Peter denied Christ's public, the, the very thing that he said word for word that he would never do. He does, and he does hours later. Three times asleep. Now we've got three denials, and then what Jesus said, what happened, what happened, it happened. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Can you imagine the feeling? Can you imagine just the, the gut wrench that, that Peter's got to be feeling in this moment, dealing with, dealing with this failure, having to kind of own, own his mistake in this moment? He, he realizes what he's done. And failure, it's a, it's a destructive thing. But a lot of times it's not in and of itself, like me failing isn't it, it's what, what failure can eventually lead to. And when you watch Simon Peter's life close enough, you can start to see what it leads to that, all right, I got a little bit of distance, and now we read in the text that I'm, I'm denying. And it's because when we allow distance to exist in our life, a lot of times the thing that we will see next is that in certain areas of my life, I will begin to deny him. And the way that you act around your neighbor and the way that you speak to your family and the way that you hang around your coworkers, it's just like think about when you're at church, I'm all in. When I'm, you know, figuratively speaking, like, like Simon Peter, Peter is literally speaking that he's at the table with Christ, I'm all in. When you come here, pastor's preaching, we're singing, we're thanking God for what he's done. I'm all in. But when I, when I get home, maybe I'm different. When I get to the job, maybe I'm different. When I go to the gym, maybe I'm, maybe I'm different. That I'm, I'm all in in certain worlds and then I'm, I'm denying him and others because I've allowed the distance in my life to, to creep into my life and then start to impact my spiritual life negatively. And if we're being self-aware, this is why I gotta get on your toes a little bit. If we're being self-aware, and you're being obedient to the Holy Spirit, and you're allowing conviction to do its thing, which we gotta do, it's good, it makes us better. I think that a lot of, that I might have found myself answering this question. 
what have I done and how did I get here? You ever had to work through this spot? I hope we wrestle. I do. I, like I know, that, I, know that, I know that Jesus has conquered the grave so I, I get to live in freedom, but also Paul reminds us we better not take grace for granted. That like I hope that when I let down and when I mess up that I hope I, I reconcile with that like I'm living repentantly, that I've got to deal with it, you know? That I know he's, you know, I, can't, I, I know I live in victory but I've got to also be thanking him for his victory and I got I to gotta repent and say sorry and you turn when I mess up too. I hope we're, I hope we're dealing with it. And we find, we find ourselves in this moment like, I realize what my sin cost, that it, that it put him there. And then I keep thinking, I gotta remind myself, Peter's a good dude. This guy, this Peter's a dude that for years has followed Jesus every single day. That he's, this is the same Peter, he left everything behind to follow Jesus. This is Peter that walked on water. He's, he ain't a spiritual rookie, but he still stumbled. He had a compromisable area in his life and guess what the devil did? Compromised it. And so what do we do? We proceed with caution. We, if I got distance between me and Jesus, you know the best thing that I can start to do? Close the distance. And so I, I thought of some things that I think that as a church, I think that we should be doing. Let, let your, lead your family. Let, let them see you practicing that the things that you're practicing. And you ain't gonna do it perfectly, that's okay. If, if I let fear of me not doing something perfectly stop me from doing it at all, I'm missing it. So, like, I mess up, I sin, every day I fall short. But I want my little girl Lydia, she's a little bit better than a year now, I want her to know where her dad goes every single day. Like, my dad messes up, but every single day he goes back to the word. My dad isn't perfect, but every single day he goes back to the one that is perfect. I want my, she, she's a year, she don't know what's going on yet. But I want, her to, I want her to grow in a pattern of seeing her dad spending time with Jesus so that one day when she can, she knows what to do. We set the example, we lead early. We have a chalkboard in our kitchen, man, put, put yourself, put your family in front of the word. Hey, this is our verse for the year. Start off there, this year we're committing ourselves to this verse. You, you drive a lot, capitalize on it. Listen to something that's edifying. Listen to something that makes you thankful. You got time with your kids, let this be something that spurs on conversation with your kids, conversation with your wife. If you, if you maybe you, you would, maybe don't wanna listen to music at a certain time, be, be silent. Thank the Lord, repent to the Lord, ask the Lord, seek the Lord, use our time in the car to capitalize. Have dinner together. If you can, have dinner together. If you're single, have dinner with friends. Get, surround yourself with people that you can say, thank you, Lord. Hey, Lord, hey, Lord, I need this. We're gonna, we're gonna be, a, I'll say it this way. If we're too busy to have dinner together, you know what I'm gonna say yet? We're too busy. If we're too busy to have dinner together with our family, if we're not intentional enough to have dinner, we're too busy. Get around people that make you better, that can call me out that can love me through loss, that can help me walk through seasons. Say, you know what? My life, it ain't about me. Our life, we're gonna say, we're, we're saved to serve here. We got people that we can help. We, can have a, we have a neighbor that we can bless. We have somewhere that we can go. I wanna show my family leading from the front that our life isn't all about us. Maybe you look at this and you think, man, I, this is a long way for me. Cause this is a big leap. 
let, where uh, it talks about in the word that Lord, might you capitalize, might you shine brightest through my weakness so that other people can see how good and how perfect and how strong you are, amen? That's the truth, man. Take a risk, it will be worth it. Let's keep marching through our timeline today. We uh, find our, ourselves, we have Easter here as we talked about last week. Jesus has risen. We know that he's appeared already once, but today we're gonna see that he appears again. And the reason I point out that Easter happens, because this is huge, right? This is like curtain-breaking, literally earth-shaking, um, time-shattering kind of stuff here. This is reason to celebrate in the church. This is the first Easter. This is huge, right? That the, that the tomb is empty, that God himself has risen from the grave, that he has conquered death by his own power. This is huge in the kingdom of God. I started to think, okay, come on, like, what kind of energy, like, what kind of hype is this requiring? So I flash back a couple years. I think you'll remember this. We go 2017, Astros in the World Series. We're playing, if you remember, we're playing the Dodgers. I'm watching the game with Pastor Carl, and this is the last moment. So I want you guys to check this out. You know, they get it. They understand this is victory. This is it. But then you read through the text and you're like, what is up with the disciples? Like the tomb is empty. And Jesus comes back and he appears to them. You know what they're doing again? They go back to fishing. The very thing that they did before Jesus called them, they go back to the thing that they're comfortable doing. You can say it this way. They go back to doing the thing that they did before they failed. They went back to what they knew and what they felt comfortable doing. But praise Jesus, that failure isn't final. And so Peter failed. The disciples failed. They're the ones that denied. They're the ones that slept. And Jesus comes back and he meets them at the beach. That's, that's the kind of God that you and I serve. He says, hey, how's fishing going? How's your way? Have you, have, you, have you any fish yet? And if you know how the story goes, they say, no. They don't, they don't know that it's Jesus yet. Throw your net on the other side. He gives them direction. Throws it, catches a, a mess full of fish that is um, on the verge of breaking the net. And he says, come on over here. He meets him on the beach. He's already got a fire going. He's got fish, he's got bread on the fire. And after they failed, Jesus only meets them with grace. This is the climax of our story today. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, well then feed my lambs. You've got, you've got work to do. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, well, then take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter, he's getting his feelings hurt. Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you already know. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. He's saying, Peter, I know that you failed. Sheep, shepherding, I've got work for you to do. 
Peter, I know that you fell asleep. I know that you denied, but I've got ministry for you to do. I've got people for you to shepherd. Ministry that's gotta go on. Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, I know that everywhere else in your life, you've seen that when you fail, it's over, but not with me. When you follow me, your story isn't done when you think it's done. I'm not done with you yet. I've got work for you to do. This is neat to me. Three times, three times he falls asleep in the garden. Three times Peter denies Jesus, but three days. Three days he stayed in the tomb. And then he, then he appears to Peter and don't tell me God isn't in the details. He asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Well, then I've got work to do. He does all these threes. He works all this together. All I think to say one thing, Peter, I love you past your failure. You see, Peter, you promised me till death, but I finished what you could not. You said that you would stay with me no matter what. And you know what? That was a good idea, but I'm going to do it. and I'm going to do it through the cross. You said that you would sacrifice everything for me, but I'm going to sacrifice everything for you. One time I'm going to die for everything always. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Saying to Simon Peter, I'm not done with you yet. And I, my assumption is that there's some people with us in church today, and you might have, like we started with, you've taken yourself out of the game. We've been the ones denying. We've been the ones sleeping. And I think Jesus wants to tell us today through his word, is it with Jesus? Failure is not final. And that's good news for the church, amen? Knowing that, this sentence is only possible because sacrifice was made. And there's, there's no better way to remember that than taking communion together. And so at, at all of our campuses, campus pastors are gonna lead our campuses through this as we take communion together. So if you would, let's stand together. And that includes all of you online. All New Hope Church campuses are joining together to do communion right now, and that includes you at home. We want you to be involved. So if you don't have your items with you right now, you can push pause actually on this video. That's kind of a cool thing you can do online. Can't, can't push pause on the sermon in person, can you? But online here, you can push pause, go grab an item to eat and drink. Uh, here I have one of the communion cups that we use um, in person here in our services, but grab anything you got at home and join it. First, we're going to take uh, the bread here that represents Christ's body broken for us. And when you're ready, we're going to take that together and eat that. And then I'm going to give it just a moment before we move on. All right, and the next part is uh, the juice, which represents Christ's blood shed for us on the cross there. And uh, when you're ready, take that.
I want to thank you all for joining in today for this sermon and for this worship time and also for communion. We love doing that as a church family together. Um, join us next week for a brand new series. Also hit that subscribe button and that like button on this video today. And thank you for being here at New Hope Church Online. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.